Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Newtown Theatre Grand Hall. Please ensure all mobile devices are switched off and note that no photography, filming or recording of any kind is permitted. In the unlikely event of a fire, please make your way calmly to the fire exits, which are clearly marked either side of the auditorium. Following the instructions of the new town of Theatre staff. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy the show. I don't know why they keep on employ- employing that guy, he's terrible. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the New Town Theatre. Please welcome a man who woke up this morning with a very painful eye and he doesn't know why. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> oh, yeah! Hello! Hello, Edinburgh. How are you doing? Thank you very much for coming along. Welcome to the show. Welcome, our Colin. I wondered where you'd been. Uh, so, uh, welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast. I was down at the Gravity Trampoline Parks. Um, it's just by the casino, you know, there's a, a Pizza Express. There's a Frankie and Benny's nearby. Don't go there, it's horrible. Uh, you have to put on special socks to go trampolining. Uh, they call it ref, so I don't know, know if that's going to catch on. Uh, we've got uh, hopefully two guests today. One of them hasn't shown up. Radio Times comedy champion, my ass. Uh, yeah, he's just t- taunting me. He said, oh, yeah, I'll come to your podcast. No, I won't. <laughs> just not going to show up. But we've got a fantastic lineup, uh, even if he doesn't show. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's what, how many days in now are we? About 100 days into the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm extremely tired. Uh, I can't take it anymore. Um, uh, so today is the uh, day uh, that I always think of Andrew Collings because, of course, it's the day they print the photos of the jumping A-level girls on the, on the front of all the newspapers. Uh, think of An- Andrew Collings getting angry and aroused at the same time. 
Uh, there was one on, they did, because obviously they had them live yesterday on the, on the BBC, and there was mainly boys on the one the BBC put on there, which you know, I can't, I can't mast- masturbate to that, can I? Was, I managed, but it was, it was an effort. Pull your finger out, BBC, is what I say. Uh, and uh, so the stuff that's been going, I haven't been to see many shows. I went to see um, The Amazing Bubble Man, who does big bubbles. Have you seen it? Yeah, you should go. I mean, it's for kids, really. You'd look a bit weird if you turn up on your own. That wouldn't stop you, will it, Colin? I'm glad to see you back, Colin. Have you, have you been to the other shows? Have I just not seen you? You're further back. You've got to sit at the front, Colin. Come on, you're losing the edge. I need you at the front like a spectre at the feast. I'm just wondering, is he, is he real? Is he really there? It's nice to see you, Colin. I was worried. To be frank, I was worried you died. Uh, in the, so it's nice to know you're still alive. One day there'll just be an empty seat there and your actual ghost will be there. It's Colin from um, the Edinburgh Fringe podcast. Um, and uh, I, I live near... I pass the hairdressers on my way uh, to the Pleasance Theatre where I'm on every night doing Oh Frig, I'm 50. Come and see it. Still tickets available for most performances. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a the hairdressers and there's a sign in the window saying chair for rent. Uh, and I wondered if I could just rent that even though I'm not a hairdresser. Just go in. I just wonder what they would do if you go, can I rent the chair? They go, yeah, sure. And then just go, yeah, I'm just going to sit in it, mate. It's not, I like it here. I like the smell of all the hair cleaning products. It's nice. I'm going to give it a go. Just someone try that for me, come please. Uh, and uh, my, I had a mo- moment of mortification uh, when uh, I, I, the show before me has been overrunning a little bit, often not due to uh, the, their own fault, but sometimes. And, uh, but then they got back on time. And then I went the next day. I was a bit tired. Uh, and the time had come for me to go and get ready to go on stage. And I kind of walked backstage. It was a bit darker than usual. I wasn't really concentrating. Uh, and then I kind of got around, pulled back the curtain, and realised the show was still going on. And I was sort of standing in the wings, but visible to a proportion of the audience and one of the actors. It's, and it's, that's like the worst thing. It was just mortifying as a performer. That, you sort of have nightmares about that sort of thing. But luckily, I was, it's Derivo, who's a, a sort of Russian clown. Uh, he's an old man, and he, and he works very hard. Every time I see him, he's just in the stairs, and he's just exhausted after the show, and he just puts his thumbs up to me, and that's all he, he'll do. But he, doesn't, he won't speak to me now. I've ruined his show. But I was, I was wearing black and white, which was very much in theme of, the, of that. Uh, I think that's maybe all I've got for you. What does that say? Oh, yeah, that's, that's something. But, right, so we're going to crack on. We might have, uh, we might have an hour-long interview with uh, our, our first guest, or we might have half an hour. Who knows? That's the wonder of the Edinburgh Fringe podcast. He is probably best known from uh, his TV performance on Help, My Supply Teacher is Still Magic. That's why we're all here. That's why his show is selling out every night. Because people loved him in that. Will you please welcome Ian Sterling, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Come and sit down here, Ian. Nice to see you, man. Sit down. Hi. Welcome. Hi there. Welcome. How are you doing? You can take that out of there if you like or leave it in, whatever you prefer. I can't get it. You can't get it out. I've done it. Yeah, well done. Still, um, still got it. Still magic. Still have got it. I, I did the Craig Ferguson show yesterday. He's a proper interviewer. He's been, had a big show in America and then come back and he's doing a podcast kind of radio show now. And they've got all like special microphones. He has a desk and stuff. Not just giving you a mic to hold in your hands like that. This is fine. That's all good. I feel um, so good. T- tell me a bit about Help My Supply Teacher is Still Magic. That is well, what I, I mean, second series. Yeah. I, I presented it. Yeah. The first series was called Help My Supply Teacher's Magic. Yeah. Second series. Yeah. Help My Supply Teacher's Still Magic. I didn't, I didn't like the first series as much. Well, as no, the... one, no one did. But the thing is, what I like about it is for Still Magic... They spent a fortune on yeah. prosthetics to cover up the magicians right. so the children wouldn't recognise them from the first series. <laughs> right. The kids did not recognise them. So the reveal of them taking off the prosthetics was just children going, cool, but why has that man been wearing a beard? <laughs> go, it's me! And they'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and yeah, it, got, it won a children's BAFTA. Yeah, so he'd won a BAFTA. I mean, I w- and I was not invited to the ceremony. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they said they thought someone else had invited me. Oh. But, yeah. So but they, you won, didn't you win one on, on your own as well as best children's presenter? Yeah, I mean, it is a kid's BAFTA. Yeah, I don't care. It's yeah, well, we leave that off all the marketing. BAFTA winner. <laughs> you get the proper statue, the guy with the eye. Yeah. So it's yeah. like legit. It's not like the one, because they, they have like a, a viewer's vote on the BAFTA now, oh, and then you get a different, you no, get a BAFTA you get, made out of chocolate. No, basically. you get a bit of plastic and like an eight-year-old gives you it. Fuck that. <laughs> I got mine off Gordon Ramsay, and then they said, can Gordon get photos with me? And he said, oh, I'm with my family. 
So I just went back into the audience. Yeah. So just me on my own. <laughs> but it was good. I, I'm, I'm excited you went to see Bubble Man. Yeah. I, went, I saw him. I done a thing for Blue Peter years ago. Oh, yeah. Was, is he still quite... Can you tell he's broken inside? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of... <laughs> well, everything was... I didn't know to what extent it was deliberate, but everything was going wrong for him, right? And I don't think it was deliberate. His, no, no, his I, mic I, wasn't working. Every time he bent down, his mic went... Uh, and uh, every that time... Was a, that was just his soul <laughs> yeah. cracking. And he kicked over a whole thing of bubbles, right? And you thought, is this... Oh, something pretty magic's going to happen now. And he said, oh, can we get Megan with the tarp? <laughs> and, then, and then he disappeared backstage. We and he put a tarp. He's amazing. He, he is no, literally is amazing. It's he got is, amazing. He's phenomenal. Yeah. And he... So it's, all, so it's basically... There's two types of children's show, isn't there? There's one where the parents are sort of... I mean, parents and all know this. There's two shows where you do the French and you're doing a kid's show. There's one that the adults are into and it becomes a sort of family experience and you all sit together. And there's the ones where the parents are clearly hung over and they go, annoy that man and not me. <laughs> for the next hour <laughs> and he thinks it's a proper art form and it, he's great at he it there was good. one point he was doing this one it was like a spaceship and he was putting smoke in it and this like six-year-old girl she had like pig it could it's like a sitcom pigtails came running towards him and he just went <laughs> you're ruining it <laughs> you're ruining it kids like where is this child's mother <laughs> like i want to touch the bubbles mummy <laughs> He, oh, he, he was saying fuck off with his eyes. Yeah, yeah. It was so impressive. I think he was enjoying it more than that this time. But, he, but everything, even like every time he tried to do something, it would pop. I mean, this is the, if you work with bubbles. I mean, bubble mixture, that is the pro, It pops, doesn't it? That is the basic mistake you made with there. With bubbles the, or children. He's yeah, combined yeah. both. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. It's, I've seen some disappointing children's shows. Just, and that's pretty much all I've seen. I but that a, one was good. That one was enjoyable. I've done a Kids Kaylee one year. Oh, did you? Oh, my day. At the Spiegel tent, this company, they were so lovely as well. They lost so much money, man. <laughs> like, honestly, you'd be like, fuck, those guys lost a lot of money. They, it was, so it's a, the Spiegel tent sets about 300 people, and we had this Kaylee on at 11 o'clock, and we had rehearsals, and I was presenting with, again, there's two types of kids' TV presenters as well. There's someone like me that sort of like you can tell they don't want to be there and I think the parents <laughs> like that <laughs> and there's ones that look like they had like their genitals removed at about the age of six <laughs> just the most innocent lovely people you've ever met in your entire yeah. life so I got, I'm with her she would never drank and I didn't trust her <laughs> and we had to present this and we had like a full Kaylee band and we're, there's like a big kabuki drop and we were meant to be like two clans and there's like this war but the war was done through Kaylee dancing but for that to work you need hundreds of people yeah I think the most tickets we ever sold was 12 <laughs> and the problem with kids show is like you've got one kid to like three or four to two parents so there's about three kids so instead of like hey clan A and clan B it was like hey Johnny do you want to <laughs> stand there and they made me wear yeah it was horrible yeah. so kids shows are pretty grim well I'm, I'm quite obsessed you, you worked on the, the grown the more adult children I can't think of what the, the more adult that. children the more adult children version I watch CBeebies you were on CBeebies yeah right? I've got lots of friends that are children presenters and fans of yours yeah. and in your new show do you talk <laughs> in depth about wanting to have sex with a CBeebies presenter yeah I do yeah and yeah. puppets yeah, not, it's, just, not just the presenters yeah it's been reported back to me <laughs> you are you are the you are the word on the street <laughs> I'm not even joking. And again, like I said, some of the kids' presenters are so innocent. They're like, oh, have you heard what Richard's been saying? <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think he's joking. No, honestly, I'm quite concerned. <laughs> we've, withdrawn, we've withdrawn his offer to do bedtime stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, I, you know, I wrote about that in the Metro, and then they invited me. I mean, this is what I do in the show, is I talk about when I went to the Furchester Hotel, which many of you all know about already, I think, but it's... But I wrote about fancying Fenella from the Furchester Hotel, who's a puppet, as a Muppet, and wanting to have sex with her. It's a man's hand. The man's hand's Mark, if that helps you at all. <laughs> Mark's hand. Right. Um, but uh, but uh, they invited me to the studio. You know, what kind of that? I basically wrote in the paper, I want to have a threesome with the puppet and the people who the puppeteer and myself. And uh, then they said, yeah, come up to the studio, bring your kids. And I- you'd think after all the BBC had been through... Yeah, I mean, fa- 
famously, they're not the best at picking their personnel. <laughs> but it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. But I like Rebecca from. It's only Rebecca I like from CBBS. How how graphic? Because the way they talk about it, <laughs> it sounds like you're doing horrific things. I'm not. At all, I'm not at all. I'll just say that I became a bit too attached to Rebecca from Let's Play because I, I found. Well, a I'll just say Let's Play. You know, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> She dresses up in different costumes every week. She's all playing it all in a Primary she, colours, the tees. Knows, she knows what she's doing. Uh, and I, re- I genuinely... Re- this is a, j- a joke in the show, but it's true. I realised my obsession with Rebecca was getting a bit far when I found myself watching an episode of Let's Play on BBC iPlayer on my own. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the bit that gets reported back. <laughs> it's the one where she's a tennis player, and I highly recommend it. Uh, but then I, then I backed off. When I went to CBBS, it wasn't. It, it wasn't what? She I wasn't thought, there. So I, I think they'd hidden her away. I thought my friends were doing being two children's presenter, but but see when you actually hear it live, it is grim. <laughs> <laughs> what was she doing as a tennis player? She's just because she's in Let's Play. She dressed up as different characters, and she was she beat. It's a very uh, unrealistic uh, plot. <laughs> She's never played tennis before. All, all, all pornos are. And uh, it is. It's very like that. She's never played tennis. And then she goes to take on Sid. Who, I, I you know, he's, he's all right, but I don't fancy him. He weighs his food out. Does he? He's, so, he's like 70 years old, Sid. Yeah, he? he's so ripped. He yeah. weighs his food. He wants, we were on a night out, and he left the night out to get his food skills to come back again. We're in London. He lives in Brighton. I'm not making that up. <laughs> He's a, well, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a good-looking man, and he's Handsome. an older, he's an older man. And, so she's uh, taken him on. She's done the serve. Yeah, she's done that. So he, so he was the world champion, and she was just coming in. She didn't really know the rules of tennis, and then she know. managed to beat the world champion of tennis. And the court wasn't right. It was just drawn on the. It was a cartoon drawn on the floor. It was ridiculous, but it's still a good show for, <laughs> <laughs> for other reasons. Um, the Furchester Hotel people liked the fact that I fancied them. They were very, oh, they were overexcited, I would say. Pu- I was a bit worried it was actually going to happen when I got there. I, have to... I don't think puppeteers get the sort of sex symbol status that they, <laughs> they want. No. They're just essentially doing a reach around yeah. all day. <laughs> a furry, it's a furry reach around, a which furry is furry reach around. <laughs> you think I'll get another series of Help My Supply Teacher Still Magic? <laughs> I don't think you will. I don't think you were. I think you may have burnt those bridges already. So, um, how was Hacker the Dog? Because tweet- he tweeted me the other day, Hacker the Dog. We used to, we used to tweet you, yeah. Ian and Hacker. We used to tweet you because you used to, again, <laughs> now, at the time I assumed you had children. Because this is years ago. You used to tweet so you're watching CBBC, and I used to do the broom cupboard with a t- talking dog called Hacker the Dog. So we'd tweet you, and we'd put your stand-up at the start. So I'd, it'd be me going, mmm, so I'd be eating yoghurt. And the dog would go, somebody likes yoghurt. And we'd go, anyway, here's Tracy Beaker. So like, it makes no sense. And you'd never reply. So yeah, he's obsessed. No, I didn't, Phil I didn't that plays Hacker is obsessed with you. Yeah. But Hacker's like, he's very funny. Have you seen it? People always ask me about him to this yeah. day. I'm sort of like the Robbie from EastEnders of children's television. <laughs> well, I'd stayed and I got sacked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. He's, I don't, you know, he's, not, he's no Fenella. I don't, I don't want to have sex with Hacker. I'm not sick. Uh, you were born in 1988. Yeah, you did a gig with Craig Ferguson in I did, I did, that's what I did. And you were born six months after I appeared, first appeared at the Edinburgh Fringe. Just makes me feel sad. But I was trying, then I was trying to work out, you know, actually, I came to Edinburgh seven months before you were born. Were you born prematurely? Because I could be your dad. That's what I'm saying. If I'd had sex in 1987, which I didn't. <laughs> but Stuart Lee masturbated me with the ventriloquist dummy. And if he collected the sperm that came out and then put that in your mother's vaginal my canal... Mo- I mean, it would explain mine and my mother's puppet fetish. <laughs> well, it explains my puppet fetish, I think, doesn't it? That's where that began. But... Um, uh, it's incredible that, yeah, you're, you're so young, you're a very young man. But have you done, like, student gigs that are so young? Yeah, well, you do start, because you're, you're, well, you're approaching 30, aren't you? So you're, yeah. there are, obviously... Oh, you do shit, start to I'm feel, 30, that's yeah. the show next year. <laughs> it, starts, um, it starts feeling weird when you're sort of in your mid-20s going to student yeah, gigs. Yeah, it's horrible. When they were born after PlayStation... <laughs> I don't feel like you heard what I just said. <laughs> They're born after place. Well, like now, students, there must be nearly students at university. There's probably a clever little spotty math student 
who was born in the 21st centuries at university, isn't it? They tell yeah. us something that happens. Well, yeah, I mean, like, just yeah. coming up, will it, to the next... Born into the year 2000, yeah. that university. Well, technically, that's not the 21st century, but well, I'm going <laughs> to... Let it go. How long till Jason gets <laughs> He's on his way. He's texted me. Let's just see what he said. Uh, the Apple Watch comes into its own after two years of ownership. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, pal. It's Jason. Got my times mixed up. We know what you've been doing, Jason. Uh, and, uh, but I'm on my way to see you shortly, so it's all right. So we'll be I okay. love the Edinburgh Festival because sometimes you feel really special. <laughs> and sometimes you feel like you're definitely not Jason Manford. <laughs> but I was going to put Jason on first. You're the big attraction. You're the, you've sold out all your gigs here. So I don't know. For some reason, I don't know why. So you've been doing this uh, Love Island, which I haven't seen. I tried, that- to, I tried to watch some clips of it today. Great. But there was nothing with you in it. It was all just... I'm just a voiceover. It was just people kissing each other and then saying, I'm sorry, I kissed that person. Is that what well, it basically is? Doesn't do it for you. <laughs> Not enough fur involved. <laughs> it didn't. I th- I'd like to do see you commenting on pornography. I think that would just... I'd like you to come on to, on to you porn, which I've a chance to cross occasionally, uh, and just explain what's going on in the stories of... Of that as well. Yeah, do like a real breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> the factual inaccuracies. That plumber would, he would ask, he would, he would get his money up front. <laughs> there would be some sort of deposit system. They're related, that's horrible. <laughs> oh no, wait, they're from Fife, doesn't matter. <laughs> How did you end up doing the celebrity, no, sorry, the Love Island? It's not Celebrity Love Island, that was the. It's a weird show because it was on like. It was the, on 10, 10 years, years ago. previously. Yeah. And it, was a, it didn't go that well. Yeah. So then they brought it back, which yeah. seems to be the way films and television are made nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Either something is incredible and doesn't need to be touched or shouldn't be touched again, and they make, remake it. Yeah. It's one, of those, it's one of those boring ones. Some of the time, something interesting, but I just got a folk, do you want to be on this show? And I said, no. <laughs> and then they said, how much? And I went, okay. <laughs> but no, I was, it, was too, it was really near Edinburgh. It was during the summer. So yeah. it was when you should be previewing for Edinburgh. I used to live with a comedian called Phil Wang. Oh, yes. And if, wow, someone more excited that I lived with Phil Wang yeah. than, that, than I'm here. I think they're just, they were just shocked you said Wang. I think it's a, bit, it's, a bit, it's a bit rude for my audience. That kind of Me language. Phil Wang in a flat. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Um, and he just sort of said to me, well, that's, you go to Edinburgh to get jobs like that. And because it's a voiceover, if it had gone really badly, I could have just said it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, you know, generally speaking, a voiceover doesn't... I mean, it's happened with Come Dine With Me. Uh, yeah. That, uh, he's, I've just temporarily forgotten his name. Dave Lamb. Dave Lamb, my very good friend Dave Lamb, who's... Yeah. It's, uh, it's a long way through the, the, the festival, and my brain is genuinely not working. Uh, Dave Lamb became, like, a massive star. So it's a, it's a similar trajectory well, to this. start, the, 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 in Series 1, a lot of people were tweeting, wow, David Tennant must have a big tax bill. <laughs> <laughs> Has David Tennant got divorced recently? Why is he doing this? So everyone thought I was David Tennant. Yeah. And then if doing W1A, everyone's like, oh, well done, Ian. That's <laughs> nah, not me. It's too critically acclaimed for me to be involved. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was, it was good. It's, it's a good show, I think. Yeah. I was a bit worried about it. They are, it's tastefully done. I think people make... S- it is. You can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> oh, just because I'm not Jason Manford. <laughs> I think it is. Do you know what I mean? People sort of focus on how... Uh, raunchy it is, yeah. and I suppose it is reality, so it's quite, but it's not really. No. It's very sort of sitcom carry on. <laughs> you don't see anything happen. No. I think even you would struggle. <laughs> like Game of Thrones or something's got a lot more. That's true. That B's true. and T's. Yes. Bums and tits, that was. Yeah, okay. I, I, don't, I only clarified. I thought you said I, P's and T's, so I thought it was uh, penises and tits. There's, <laughs> a lot, there's a lot more penises and tits. Mind your P's and T's. <laughs> Um, but it's amazing that that's so. That's uh, we, last year when you were in Edinburgh. If you were here last yeah. year, did you did, were you were you selling well as well? Yeah, I mean, you, same you, room. You, you're sort of a big. You were, you've done well in, especially in uh, Scotland. Haven't Edi- you? I'm from yeah, Edinburgh, yeah, yeah. so yeah, you get that helps. Yeah, but like you had sold out all your tickets before the run yeah, began, which I is the sort here. of dream which doesn't really happen to many people. Yeah, so. I mean, you still have to pay for it. Everything. <laughs> so I've still got flyers that are in a flat that I've paid for who don't know when my show's on. Yeah. 
Well, I saw, but I met you like uh, right near the beginning of the festival, and you, the flyers, we were having a drink with some of the flyers, and you were being very nice to them. And I said to them, I don't know why he's being so nice. He's sold every ticket. I don't know. He's, this proves he's a nice guy because he's being nice to you now. And then he said, I have got some extra shows. So, <laughs> yeah, I do. I but you're very, you, see, you seem very like Craig Ferguson is a very down to earth man who's incredible. But like I said about festival, that's what the thing is. You can you can feel great for like a bit, and then, I know I joked about it earlier on, but then you do just do a gig, you just die in your hole, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm just, sh- piece of shit. <laughs> you died in Livingston. So Collins come in. You what died in the Livingston. What the fuck is that's going on at this gig? <laughs> You'll do half an hour after Colin Manford. That's his Jason's brother. Yeah. <laughs> What happened in Livingston? Oh my God! Are you from there? No. No. How... He, uh, Colin travels around just to he hears someone's going to die and then comes and s- comes and sits in the front row. That's why he's here today. He's back that, today. That gig was the most insane gig of my right. like year. Yeah. I've done this gig in Livingston because it's near Edinburgh. People, well, either one knew. I get a lot of people that know my mum. <laughs> But then they act like they've just come, like everyone else has really rudely shown up to this meeting. So I had people sort of going, oh, how's your mum? I'm at a gig, a theatre. How's your mum? I'm like, can we, we'll get onto that in a minute. Yeah. But they'd all seen my material. So I started doing a joke and a woman put her hand up. She went, oh yeah, we started um, thinking about it. Before I'd, so I'd nothing happened. And then, um, yeah, people like Colin just started, sort of a Q&A kicked off. Yeah. I think I handled it all right, Colin. Nope, thumbs, thumbs down. down from Colin. <laughs> Colin comes to every... Colin's quite famous for coming to sit in front row of people gigs and not smiling at any point. I don't, he's come to so many of my shows and I don't think I've ever seen him laugh once. So, look, see, look, I mean, look, like, even though yeah, I do a joke about him, he's still just... <laughs> fury, he just comes to be furious. So middle... he maybe brought 700 furious friends with him you to do, your gig. You do get that middle-aged man thing where it's like they, they're, they're almost they're impressed that they've not enjoyed it. <laughs> See that, Susan? Didn't smile once. See that? Smashed it. Let's go back next year. Love that. Parking's expensive. I hated it. I ruined your evening. Let's happy 40th anniversary. Let's... Uh, um, so your show's called... Are you going to tour the show? It's called yeah. You OK Hunt? You OK Question Hunt. Mark, which is, yeah. I believe, some te- text speak. It's the kind yeah. of thing that happens on Facebook, isn't it? That's yeah, it's what I something believe. that people just put on. Yeah. I like... To, it's the sort of thing you put... If someone puts in some sort of sincere message on Facebook... Yeah, yeah. It's called You OK Hunt. Yeah. Because fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to see you sarcastic, which I presume you are using it sarcastic, but it is, it is when people give that very much, like, I want everyone to... Ask if I'm okay now. I just by hate, putting this I in. hate it. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I just you worry about people on social media sometimes. Yeah. But you're not oversharing thing. Yeah, it can be difficult. I think you know. I, probably, I think like especially in Edinburgh. I think last time I was in Edinburgh, people kept on saying to me, "I'm a bit worried." Because I, but I because I blog about everything, and you know, and I like to be honest about how Edinburgh was going in the blog. But I think people then because it wasn't going very well, people thought I was having a breakdown. I was just. Scared about you were money. also I was having a bit of a break. I was having a break. Well, I was just I was a bit depressed because I was losing forty five thousand pounds. But apart from that, fuck me, you should have put on a Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, bubble man. Unless that bubble mixture is expensive, he's making a lot. He of makes he's mad making coin. a lot of money. I tell- and I bought that stuff. It's only like fifty p a tube, isn't it? He probably just makes, he just puts free liquid in a bath. He, does, he probably does. Imagine the image of him making that the morning of. <laughs> Just bubble man, and uh, uses he still use the inflatable like paddling pool. Yeah. Just him. Think in the George Square Theatre at twelve in the afternoon, <laughs> stood in a bub- a paddling pool of fairy liquid and water, trying to do your art form, and yeah. a six year old's going to fucking ruin it. <laughs> I think he was great. Do go and see him. He's amazing. He is really it's good. Ma- it's li- some of it feels like actual magic. I yeah. think. Because when he fills them with smoke and then they start wobbling, it looks like a solid, looks like there's a solid thing flying in the and air. And he manages to put like rings of Saturn. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we might have not sold any tickets to our show, but no, Bubble Man. It's going to become like a cult hit. <laughs> He's good, I'll have him on next week. That'd be good on an audio podcast, wouldn't it? Maybe. 
I should say, we're doing a... I'll tell you people here, because I think there's the best chance that you'll come. We're doing an extra one of these next week. I decided over having, having so much fun. Uh, it's at 3.40 on Friday, uh, the 25th of August. Haven't booked any guests yet, but it might be Bob, Bob Man and Rumpel, I think I'll go for. That's, uh, that's my dream. <laughs> Dream lineup. Uh, so do come along if you can. We sold uh, 36 tickets so far. <sighs> may, have mis- may have miscalculated on that. Uh... And Colin's coming, so it's essentially come... 35. Are you coming, Colin? You'll get a front seat this time, don't worry, it'll be fine. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you want to be on it, just if you want to be a guest next week, Colin, <laughs> you're talking enough this week. It's being an Edinburgh <laughs> man. How's the festival? Well, there's nowhere to park. <laughs> Just go to the Royal Mile and judge folk. No, I don't want a flyer, mate. You're 12. You're dressed like Shakespeare. Fuck off. Your parents encourage you too much when you are young. You need to be like me. Come to the front row and ruin a young man's life. Well, how was the gig? Oh, I just went to this podcast and reminded a boy of the time he died in Livingston. <laughs> Why did you do that? Just make me feel better about myself. Happy 41st anniversary. <laughs> so do you know Rebecca from CBeebies personally? Can you? Gen- do you want me to tell you the genuine truth? Yeah. She told me to say no. <laughs> <laughs> she wished me happy 49th birthday on Twitter before she, <laughs> Did she? Before she really... I mentioned her in an article and then she went to me happy birthday. <laughs> She's very nice. She seems very nice. She's, she's lovely. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> she knows. So, are you, are you worrying about turning 30? Are you having a midlife crisis about an early midlife crisis? I, I, I worried a little bit about it. Did you worry about it? I, yeah. I, I don't. I think, no. I think, it's not, it's my generation, we're all knackered anyway. There's nothing yeah. to do at 30. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you should, no one's had babies. It's kind of, no one can afford a house. <laughs> it's f- absolutely fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's terrible for te- I've always thought I'd be like the young guy on telly yeah at the Jack Whitehall and I still am young but I'm not like a, I'm 30 is just enough an age isn't it yeah it's not young enough to be like oh what an achievement or like oh you're still going <laughs> it's like oh yeah you've done that yeah well, I'm on mock the week yeah you're fairy you're a man <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah so it just ruins that a bit yeah and also my quote from the Guardian which is the only quote I've had from a newspaper has 20 something in it Right. So I need a new quote now. You need a new quote. So that's annoying. Connor will give you one. Cunt. Connor. <laughs> I'll ask you an emergency question. The one that's come up, big page. I'll ask you the question, which is the, sex- <laughs> which is the sexiest TV puppet? That's just come up. So I've got to, in your opinion, which puppet? If you had to have sex with a puppet from any TV show, it doesn't have to be one you know from CBeebies, mm-hmm. uh, which, which puppet would you have sex with? This, I must be the only guest you've had where this question is difficult because I've got so many in my head. <laughs> you want one where you feel like you wouldn't ruin their life? Yeah. Someone that could take it. <laughs> Not in that... No, no, I mean mentally. <laughs> you know, if you don't... Uh, Elmo would be a wreck for yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm not, that's why I've gone for Fenella. I'm not sick. I'm not like a Peter puppet file. I wouldn't go for a child one. Elmo's a child. That's another problem. Because they're different, you don't know what species, it's that age is tricky. <laughs> it is. Because Big Bird, you know, young looks, that, I mean, this is the thing. She, she looked old. I mean, it's a, it's a real minefield. I'm going to go with Oscar the Grouch. Okay. Yeah. I think he'd be well up for it. I think that might be why he's so grouchy and then also if you want a hack joke I mean you're already in the bins <laughs> so you can have like sex in the bins yeah. there's a line in that I mean it didn't work tonight <laughs> Colin's delighted that's karma you prick um, I'll ask you another emergency question uh, Jason Manford's arrived now we can all relax it's all going to be I've fun. never been I've never been interviewed by someone who's looked at their watch so many times <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to keep track. I feel, like, confused. I've got one time on my computer that's not the same as on my watch, so I'm confused. What is the most libelous thing you can say about Prince Andrew? That's question 296. And remember, that means it has to be untrue. That's the difficult thing about this question. Because oh, many man. of the things you think might be libelous turn out to be... Yeah, you've got the defence of Veritas. Yeah. 
So you're deliberately charging something that's not true about Prince Andrew. So obviously it can't be anything to do with... <laughs> I, I can't be bothered to put the beeps on myself, so I would just imagine I've said, beep, 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 He's got no ongoing inquiries. <laughs> That's probably, probably true. They kind of, you know, goes, good luck to him, the royal family, I say, eh? Old Prince Philip, two, two, 22,219 uh, pub, uh, public appearances on, it, on his own. I trip. can't wait. That's my aim. I can't wait yeah. to be as old as him. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Because I've got my grand... I just can't wait to be that old. Yeah. Where you don't care anymore. And you've got kids... Do you know what I mean? When you can be so old, you can just go to your family, say something like horrific, look at your family and go, that's now your problem. <laughs> go to the restaurant, something racist. All right, son, you deal with that. Yeah. I'm going to finish my Rogan Josh. <laughs> well, Prince Philip was ill the same week as Nelson Mandela was ill. And I was doing a joke, and that was during Edinburgh, I think. I was doing a joke about this is uh, God's chance to, to let us know whether right, right, racism is right or wrong. Uh, and, and God chose to kill Nelson Mandela. And, and not only that, Prince Philip's lived about another six years since then. So it's, it's very much uh, Donald Trump in heaven. It's what's been decided. It's amazing to think he's still going, isn't he? I mean, uh, you know. It is impressive. Good, good luck to him. Yeah, it's almost like loads of vital medical services are wasted on a man that's nearly dead. <laughs> but, you know, now I know he's played by Doctor Who. You know, he's Doctor, he was Doctor Who when he was young, wasn't he? So, no? Okay. You don't watch the Netflix thing about the royal family? You're right. I know where it is a bit much, I know. <laughs> right, I will ask you uh, one more emergency question. Just the time's gone by very quickly. That's what I can't believe. Did we start on time? We didn't quite start on time, did we? So Five minutes late, I think. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Disaster. Thank God it's... Craig Ferguson would have a little table for all those books. Yeah, he would. He, had, he, had, he has a desk that's right in front of him. <laughs> I love, Richard did say it to me before he went, oh, just in the F- F- Craig Ferguson podcast. It was really fancy. He had a desk. <laughs> Not like a table from back... This isn't even my table. They just <laughs> gave me this. No respect. All right, this is, this is the emergency question that's going to do it. 436. You know what it says, is already there. If you had a finger that could cure rectal cancer, but only if you pushed it hard up the anus of the cancer sufferer, would you cure anyone, everyone, or be like Jesus and just cure a few? I mean, the admin involved in that—you'd <laughs> yeah. have to attempt everyone. You would, yeah, I think that. But I don't know, like, would they'd come to you, surely? But then you I mean, could... did they come to Jesus? I suppose some of them did. But I, I think ma- I think the kind of people who expect to be cured of rectal cancer by someone shoving their finger up their ass. Do you know the how kind like... of people who will wait for you to come to them? That's if they all come to your flat, though, do you know when you see someone queuing for an Edinburgh show and it looks pretty grim? Imagine that queue. Just a load of blokes outside your house. I think they'd be excited, though. They'd be sad that they had rectal cancer, but then delighted that it was about to be cured and also that you were going to put your finger up their ass. I think some of them would be doubly delighted. I think they'd mainly be the cancer thing. Yeah. I think maybe we've lost the, audience, the lunchtime audience with that one. <laughs> Deciding that. <laughs> um, all right, we'll do one more emergency question, then we'll bring on our uh, other guest. It's been lots of fun meeting you. A very nice young man. Uh, uh, stay, stay unaffected and stay being nice. I will be that. Good. Thanks. Good. Because it's good. As I didn't, I became a prick, and then I was taken off the TV for 20 years. So I'm still, <laughs> still waiting to get back on. So... Um, what is the most... Why are they so scatological, these? You could just read another one. Uh, why, what is the most unusual thing you've ever used as a toilet paper substitute? I mean, is that a question to ask someone as they're about to leave? Not when you went, oh, it's quite rude for a lunchtime audience, and then <laughs> fired into that. Yeah. I'll try and find a nice one. I mean, you there can, aren't I can get, any nice ones. The answer's a receipt from Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> and I had toilet paper. <laughs> Was there some extra hot sauce still on there? (laughs) (laughs) This is what I think of your pricing policies. Um, Do you think the Adam Sander film The Cobbler could ever happen in real life? There you go, that's... 
Have you seen the Adam Sandler film, The Cobbler? Is that the one where... I mean, it's the one where he's a cobbler, to be fair. But he's not in it. <laughs> he isn't in it very much. Is that the one where he done it? Is it the one where he, he... What is it? He puts on shoes, or he mends shoes, and it becomes the person. What, yeah. How's it work? If he, he, he owns a cobbler shop. His dad was uh, some famous actor. I forget who it is now. I mean, up to that, that point, that was mag- happen. Had a magic co- cobbling machine. If you cobble someone's shoes on it, and then put on their shoes, you turn into that person. So as long as they have the, uh, roughly the same size feet as you, you can then get up to all kinds of hijinks by pretending to be the, the... You'd become that person. Yeah, I don't think you're watching that Adam Sandler film and the, the, the thing that you got him out is, well, that person's a size 6 and Adam's a size 10. <laughs> I don't think that's where you lose the... But well, that's what it has to be, don't it? So he ha- but he, he literally has to, he has to check the sizes to check he can fit the shoes and then... So the, the, the hilarious thing they do is, like, they can, they can become a woman by... by um, well, like a, a transvestite because the, there's a transvestite with the same size... She's him, so then he can become a, tran- a transvestite man, which is hilarious. That's the hilarious bit. But it's not him dressed up, it's just another... No, it's, it's just he becomes the... Yeah, it's, it was an easy film for him to do. He'll have got so much money for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, he gets a lot of money for all of those films. You know what, he just needs to stay humble. Yeah, he does. He, I think he has... I, what I like about Adam Sandler, and it's one of the things that's bad about him as well, is that he puts all his friends and stuff. He stayed very true to his friends. Rob Schneider. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider retweets me all the time. Really? And I have no idea why. He retweets, like, my Edinburgh show. I've never met him. <laughs> I don't know what's happened. <laughs> Honestly, Juice Bigelow, is that what he's the, in that? The stripper, what's he called? Male Gigolo. Oh, yeah, Juice, Juice Bigolo. Just retweets. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm doing a gig in Hull. Are you sure it's definitely him? It's 100% him. He's is verified. he doing it in a, a slightly offensive racial stereotype while he's doing it? Then it's definitely him. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got no CBBC career and he's going to unfollow me now. So are you going to you tour? Are you touring with the show? February, February next, next year. year. That's the same time I'm touring. Yeah, how's it going? Look, how's it looking? It'll be the usual rag bag of idiots on uh, my one. It keep, uh, it's enough to sustain my li- the lifestyle I've become com- uh, used to, not having a desk. Yeah. I think you should buy a chair. table. <laughs> I, might get, I might buy a table. I might do Kickstart so I can get um, a desk as good as Craig Ferguson's. Uh, look, we're going to have to let you go because uh, we've got another guest coming. It's I don't fine. know if, you, if he's turned up. We'll see, we, we'll see if he's here. Everyone's been flashing lights at me and stuff. Oh, God. So that either means it's all part of an hilarious prank that Jason Manford's going to leave me sitting on stage for 25 minutes on my own. If I have to come back on now, it'll be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and if I come back on, I demand you ask me the rectal cancer one again. <laughs> I will do again. And let me know about uh, Rebecca. If she, cha- if, she, if she ever changes her mind. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ian Sterling. Give me a grand applause. Excuse them. Awesome. Thanks so much. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
and keep that applause going for my next guest, who is probably best known as Jammy from the Xbox 360 game Fable 3. It is Jason Manford, ladies and gentlemen. Is it? Is he here? No. You're kidding. Ah, that's why he's the. That's why he's. That's why he's the comedy champion. <laughs> Come in. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. What happened with you turning up? Oh, sorry, I was at the uh, Radio <laughs> Times Comedy Gala. Um, uh. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a winner's meal thing that we uh, got invited to. <laughs> Pick up our prize money and yeah. a trophy and that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, if you don't know, there was last week, um, and I mentioned it, I was quite, I was, there was a little bit of hubris in my introduction last week where I said I'm the, uh, the soon-to-be-anointed Radio Times comedy champion. <laughs> I think I did admit that I thought I would lose. It was uh, long past being a competition of who was funniest, though, wasn't it? It was, it was. It very much became who, who has the most fans who've got fuck all to do. <laughs> That's what it, that's what it, it became. That's what it became. And it turned out on a Friday night, just after 9.30, that's, it was your, that's your my, fans. That's when my guys come out. I like that a lot of your fans came back, because you were tweeting the fact that some of my... Some of the, it was basically a poll of the Radio Times. It was like a knockout Richard Osman style. That's where yeah. they got the idea from. Uh, tournament. And somehow I was in it. I don't really understand why I was in it. it was start. <laughs> and I beat Ricky Gervais in the semi-final... He'd been tweeting about it, and then I started tweeting about it, and I got way ahead, and he stopped tweeting about it so that he could pretend he didn't care. Whereas, so I respected you a lot more because I got a long way ahead, and then you went, right, fuck it. Yeah, well, it was, it was, again, it was one of them where you go, hang on a minute. I don't mind getting knocked out, but when there's an actual number saying you're 92% not funny, for no. No. So it was it was it was good fun, uh, but I was slightly I, obsessed by it though, didn't yeah. we? It was well. I, I, once I've been Ricky Gervais, I sort of didn't mind. Yes. Uh, and but I was still really loved to win. So yeah. No. I'm, I thought I'm, I about killing myself on the evening it happened just well, to I felt bad. make I'm, you feel bad. No, I, I, I felt bad even without your death. Um, <laughs> just because I know how much it would have meant to it you. It would have meant a lot to me, and for you to uh, bully me and. Get your stupid bullies. <laughs> Bully me by being more popular than me. But anyway, <laughs> it was, you know, I've, you know, I've buried the hatchet. I've invited you along. But who thinks, who's, let's just do a little, uh, let's do it now and see. Who um, thinks um, Jason yeah, yeah. Manford's funniest? Cheer now. Ah, oh, it's quite good. That was <laughs> all right. Actually, I considering it's your yeah, crowd. I'm, yeah. I'm scared. I, I was expecting nothing. <laughs> I'm scared. Who thinks I'm the best? I think you won no, again. You've won, you've won that. <laughs> you've won, won that. But it sounds like my guys uh, spend more on tickets. Yeah. So I'll take that because that's what I need for my five children. It's true. Well, I wondered if you just got your five children just pressing vote because you could vote as many times. It was a yeah, stupid was, thing. That's what made it not make sense. Yeah. Radio, the only real winner was the Radio Times ad revenue. To be fair, because they they were. They were Though on. I think all the people who they, they, that ghost who will be upset when they discover it was just people setting bots. Twelve up. people. Yeah. Um, but thank you for everyone for voting me and not and not being as not being as even as good as Jason Manfred's fan. Wasn't it weird though that it was again fifty-one forty-nine? Yeah, it was. There's yeah, something it was... about those numbers yeah. that really splits this country in <laughs> half. Whatever the subject matter, and I think your victory will be as disastrous for the country as Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's lovely to see you. It's been a little while since I saw you. you. We yeah. had a weird. I've won the t-shirt. In I know. Memory. I can't believe I forgot um, mine. But uh, we had a weird coincidence thing that happened. Very weird, actually, where we mm. we been doing a couple of things where we were both in the same week. We went, been, we were I was going to be, I was we? in your little short film that your company had made. That's right, yes. And then Noble. you arrived like an hour after I'd left so I didn't meet you on the set. Yeah, there was like, we did a short film for Sky, Ross yeah. Noble wrote a horror film and you were, you yeah. were in that. Yeah, I part in that, it was a lot of fun. Right, and then the two that, days yeah. later we did a gig in Bristol where, Slapstick Festival. Yeah, it was, a, it yeah. was still the weirdest charity gig I've ever done. <laughs> it was a charity gig for the Slapstick Comedy Festival yeah. in Bristol and usually, you know when you go on stage at a charity gig and you're like, we're trying to raise money for this little boy to go to America and uh, you know, for this illness, uh, you know, we're trying to raise money for some cat sanctuary. Like, just, it's usually about saving lives. And yeah. We were just like trying to raise money so you can watch Charlie Chaplin on a big screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a charity at all. But we just missed each other at that. And yeah. then you tweet saying, "I think Richard Tang's trying to avoid me because it kept uh, happening." Yeah, yeah, because we'd we'd seen each other. And then the next, the day after that, 
we both happened to choose to go. At the very last minute, we got tickets to go. I got tickets saying the Groundhog Day, the musical. Groundhog Day, the musical, Walked into the foyer of the theatre, and you were in there. Yeah. And what was really embarrassing about it was we were both wearing the slapstick T-shirt we'd been given the night before. Our free T-shirt. Charity kit. So we'd both got got up on the morning and yeah, free (laughs) T-shirt. Well, it's, to be honest, and then really, we were both standing wearing exactly the same. Uh, yeah, thing. it was just nice to. I just to be given a free T-shirt, but just to have a, a new T-shirt that fitted yeah. for me that wasn't tight around here. It is foot, quite good. Foot. I was thinking that this morning when I put it on because yeah, it's been, a lot I've of been, give. Yeah, it's a lot of give. It is. It's nice. So that was fun. Uh, and um, <laughs> what else have you been up to? You've uh, that you've well, you've been like you've been doing a lot of because I talked to you in Edinburgh. You were the, I think you were the last guest on the last uh, Edinburgh Fringe podcast we did about four years ago. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, and um, you've done big heads in that time since then? I've done big heads, yes. <laughs> Tell me a bit about big heads. Big heads is uh, it was a game show for ITV yeah. where uh, people ran around with big heads. <laughs> Can't all be Broadchurch, Richard. <laughs> It was sort of mixed between spitting image and it's a knockout. And... Yeah, we don't talk about it's a knockout. We say Jean-Paul Frontier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We use the French version. Yeah. Oh, it's a bit like it's a knockout, isn't it? The, the PR department were like, yeah, we don't talk about it's a knockout anymore. Uh, can you refer to a different show? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but it was, yeah, it was, you know, it was a real laugh. And what was really nice was they let me uh, and me and a couple of pals just write the script for it and all right. the links because I said, look, I can't honestly come out on this show and just go welcome to Big Heads this is the greatest form of entertainment that's ever been made in that. <laughs> but I knew people would like it because it was so silly and daft but I think what was nice was I said look I'm going to write it from this angle which is I'm going to do all the jokes I think people would write about it on Twitter but use them as the links to the show <laughs> so everything was like welcome back to Big Heads the, the, the show that proves somebody at ITV is having a nervous breakdown <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they just let me. They just let me do it. It was great. So, um, yeah, so I think we're doing that again in January. And, oh, terrific. Uh, yeah, it's good fun. Cool, really cool. silly. But you've been, I mean, there's so much going on. It's insane. I mean, you've got a production company, so you make, you're making your own Yeah, we're films. doing a few, a few films and, uh, and some entertainment stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just trying to, trying to get stuff done where that I'm not in. That's, yeah. the, that's the ambition. <laughs> just to be, I want to be the guy, uh, I bumped into a guy who um, is one of the creators of Peppa Pig. Yes. This man is my hero. <laughs> He's created this show that ends exactly the same every episode with <laughs> people jumping in muddy puddles or rolling around on the arses laughing. Um, and he's just sat in this mansion and, a, and, a, and a, he's got a yacht and all these things because of Peppa Pig. Yeah. So that's the dream, to do fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still doing quite a lot of other... You've, and you run uh, Mantha's Comedy Clubs? Yeah, so we've got about 20 comedy clubs around the country. Yeah. Me and my brother Colin... And um, we, yeah, they, they, they just run out all the way through the year. Yeah. So it's, they're quite good fun. Yeah, and you, it's sort of, it's good to have one run by comedians. Well, that was why I did it, because it was about a time where jonglers, oh shit, I mentioned them, but I didn't mean to mention them. <laughs> There's this company who are doing comedy. I can edit it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there's, a, there's a few, quite a few of the co- uh, companies can be a bit harsh with comics yeah they can be they, you know they don't pay them on time they don't pay them at all some of them um they you know the, the the people turning up and it's more about selling alcohol than it is about the show and yeah, all that yeah. and i just thought well look I, i've sort of i've got my job already but i reckon i could we could do this with the with the, the sort of infrastructure i already had in, in in my office so um so we just did and we set it up and i mean nobody's retiring off the back of the money made at a comedy club you know there's yeah. no money in it but it, it earns enough to look after itself and and they're always in really lovely little theaters in towns that don't really have comedy. So yeah, it's essentially great. just like loads of brilliant comics, really lovely audiences, and just bringing those brilliant people together yeah. for a great night. But it's really important, and I think also, like, there's a big... Gen- our sort of generation and your generation of comedians have sort of come through the comedy clubs and mm-hmm. then become massive, and then the comedy clubs are... St- <laughs> Bro- brought the ladder up, brought the yeah, ladder yeah. up. So the I'm comedy right clubs now. are struggling, yeah, and it's, well, it's very hard for new comedians anyway, I think, because there's so many comedians. Yeah, well, it's also hard when you're, as, even just as a member of public, because you go, you've only got a certain amount of money, you know, and you think, well, do I want to gamble on what might be shit yeah. at a comedy club, or a guaranteed brilliant night watching somebody yeah. that I know is already funny? So sure. hopefully sort of try and bridge the gap between those yeah. two things, yeah. really. Oh, good. Keep going. Well yeah, done. Cheers. That's brilliant. And you're doing... When well, you've got an album out of you singing... <laughs> Yeah. Who, do you, who do you think you are? I don't know. <laughs> I don't what know. What have you become? Nobody, no, just nobody stops you. <laughs> <laughs> just 
just stood in front of the, the Prague Symphony Orchestra going, <laughs> really? Is this... Uh, all right, fine. Well, I did some musicals. Yeah. I, I went into musicals for a little while. I did Sweeney Todd uh, with Michael Ball and Imelda Staunton in the West End, and that was amazing. I played Pirelli, who's... The, if you've seen the film or seen the musical, he's the... the, the the Italian barber who threatened Sweeney Todd uh, with sort of revealing his uh, true identity and, uh, and then gets... It was great. I was, I was dead by half eight. <laughs> it's the best job in show business. Just sat in my dressing room playing football manager for two hours and um, <laughs> till the bows. And then um, did that, did the producers on tour with Mel yeah. Brooks and then, um, and then I, I spent last year doing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, yeah. which is still really hard to say. <laughs> Even after 500 and odd performances, you're like, don't say Chitty Chitty Gang Bang. Do not say that. <laughs> so yeah did that last year so I guess it was that sort of thing I thought well may as well and then um, I mean I keep calling it it's called A Different Stage the, 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 the album yeah. and it's sort of songs from the shows and a few other bits and bobs um, I wanted to call it uh, Manford and Songs but they wouldn't have that <laughs> that's a better title isn't it um, or um, well Bradley Walsh has got one uh, that was another one that was another one I wanted, but um, they went with a much classier pun, to be fair. Yeah, that's very exciting. And yeah, so, I mean, the Chitty Bang Bang mm. seemed to be... I mean, I was following you on Twitter. I'll throw, I'll throw, I'm from Facebook, really, for yeah, all yeah, of this yeah. stuff. But it was very physically demanding, that show. The, it really was, yeah. especially for a big lad. Like, it was... <laughs> the, 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 you, you sort of, I remember turning up for the first day of uh, dance rehearsals and... Yeah. Uh, and they went, right, so if you, could, if you remember the film, it's when Dick Van Dyke goes in to do the old bamboo. The old bamboo is, is in a sort of a, a fair. And he said, right, so what, basically what you do this bit with the character is you sort of wander in uh, and you're surrounded by professional dancers and you just have to pretend you don't really know what you're doing. I was like, I've got it, I've got it, I think I'll be fine. Um, but it was like the hardest bit of the show, although that was physically demanding, the, the hardest bit was because, you, because you've got kids in the yeah. show. Um, and not because they're not good at acting, it's because they're just little. Yeah. And so a lot of your um, lines are sort of done in a sort of crouched position, <laughs> so your knees and your lower back, you know, after a couple of shows a day. And the problem is you can't use their heads to stand up, you know, like you can, like you, like you can with your own kids. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was hard, but I, lo- I, I, I really loved it. But then yeah. at, at the same time, of course, I loved it, and then now I can't wait to get back and doing stand-up and, yeah, and, yeah. and being by myself for a bit. Yeah, because you're, you're doing a work in progress show in Edinburgh and yeah, then yeah. touring again. Yeah, that... So start uh, sort of then a bit of a work in progress tour because the hard thing about doing Edinburgh obviously there's a lot of comics who've got 20 minutes and yeah. then they're trying to get to the hour you know yeah. and obviously like we're, we're doing like full shows yeah. you, you've got a full show trying to work out how to put it into an hour yes. uh, while yeah. you're here so it's sort of a, a different um, a different method but so I'm trying to work out the stuff at the moment and then I do a work in progress tour in small theatres and then I do like a, a, a bigger theatre tour in January yeah back in January so. again I'm up against Manford up against Sterling yeah we've got a chance we'll be fine I remember going on going against Russell Brand yeah. in Bristol we were on the same night right. in Bristol and I was like going I was you know nowhere near as famous as Russell Brand and I said to my promoters well, we better cancel it or change it and move to a different day. There's no way we're going to be able to sell uh, both. Both those rooms are going to sell out. It's like you know. And he said, "It's a very different audience. Don't worry, you'll be fine." <laughs> and it genuinely was. Essentially, all like these young women uh, went to see Russell Brand, and then all their mums came to my <laughs> show. You should tour together. So they, can, yeah. they can all just meet in the car park afterwards. It is, but it's amazing how many. You know, I've I've found that. I've, I've been going out most, uh, most years... Oh, blimey, my phone's going off now. I wonder who this will be. It'll be my bloody wife, won't it? Well, she, my bloody wife, she knows I'm on... She knows Anyway, I uh, should have turned, turned, turned my phone off. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, you know, there's like 100, 125 comedians every autumn kind right? of going out. Yeah, well, like a couple of years ago. So you sort of think, God, why would... How is there people out there choosing... You know, you can, even the most obsessive comedy fans are only yeah. going to see ten of those. <laughs> yeah, and most people are going to see one or two of them. But there's a, there's a huge audience out there. There is, and, then, and, and, and what you realise... Like, I've got to a point now where I realise that, actually, when you first start, you think you've got to try and make everybody laugh. You know, there's yeah. whatever there is, 70 million people in the country or whatever. And after a while, you get to a point where you think, actually, I just need to make this amount of people laugh. Yeah. I've just got to give them a good show each time. And it's fine for all these people to think that's shit and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. they've just got to give these people, you know... There was a, I think it was John Hegley said to me, because he was sort of talking about uh, touring poetry and stuff, and I said, how, does, how do you get on, like, you know, touring poetry? And he says, I just have to make 5,000 people a year give me a fiver. Yeah. And that's it. And, yeah, then I'm, and that's my job. And it's I was true. like, oh, fair enough. I mean, it's, good. it's really interesting that the range there is of people 
touring. And John Hegley is really... Because John Hegley's been going for... Yeah, he's brilliant. ...for yeah, decades yeah, and decades, yeah, yeah. you know. So that's, you can do it, and that level, and a lot of people wouldn't know... You should go and see John Hegley oh, if you haven't seen him. He's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't know who he is, but he can still make an amazing living yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, re- and keep his anonymity, which is... Yeah. Interesting as well, I think, isn't it? So that your your show's called um, Model Class. Model Class, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of um, it's sort of a phrase I I, I invented really with, with me and my brothers because we were sort of talking about how we had quite a poor upbringing, a working class upbringing, uh, not full blown Angela's ashes, but you know it was it was it was tough. <laughs> and uh, and then my kids are, are like quite middle class, and I'm yeah. sort of in the middle of the two um, and you've got a foot in each camp and it depends on who you're talking to which one you pretend you are um, you know and uh, and of course raising kids who are posher than you is hard because you don't what you don't want is to raise kids who when you were a kid you didn't like <laughs> so <laughs> so it's tough you know between the two and then me, it was a game me and my brother used to play which was, was you know we'd, uh, you'd be having pie and chips but you'd have a quinoa on the side like it's just bringing these things together gla- you know we had Prosecco but it's in the mug that mum won at the bingo um, and the best one my favourite one is my brother who went to sign on he was, he was unemployed at the time he went to sign on and all he had uh, he, they didn't have the pen then he went oh I think I've got a pen and he, he had a fountain pen it was just something about him like thank you very much <laughs> Uh, so and it seems to strike a, a chord of people. Yeah, but I mean, again, the you know, world's changing. So I mean, it's changing in good and bad ways, and so and so much. But yeah. you know, it is. It's so, the world's so different. When my you know my grandparents who grew up in Middlesbrough and didn't have an inside toilet and all those sort yeah, of things, of and that was you know full on working class. And now they wouldn't recognise what working class no, people quite, describe yeah, as yeah. their life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's but it's good that you know things are evening out. In some ways, though, yeah, obviously, yeah. in a lot of ways, they aren't. But it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, I'll ask you some emergency questions right, before we go. Then, yeah, sure. Um, what, do, you, do you watch CBeebies with your kids, though? And, and do you... Uh, I find I'm just getting very attached to some of the CBeebies presenters because they're the only people I see in the day. Yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely yeah. Adore, there's a, I can't remember the girl's name, but she's on... Um, it's Rebecca from she, Let's Play. There's, a, <laughs> there's, one on, no, there's one on Channel 5, on the Milkshake okay, one. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, it's just, she's my yeah. only friend sometimes. Yeah. Um, and Dora, my kids like Dora. We have this weird thing with Dora where she um, she asks you a qu- she asks you a question at yeah. home, and then leaves like what feels like an eternity for you to answer. And obviously, my kids often don't know the answer, so I'm like, it's four, it's four. <laughs> I get really angry. But um, and you start. I think what ap- happens is you start um, putting like adult narrative on. Yeah kids shows just to get through an episode you start adding things up you think oh I think there's something going on between them two like, you start adding like it's a soap opera um, uh, but we just did it recently we watched um, The Good Dinosaur recently okay. I don't know if you've seen this uh-huh. Disney Pixar film there's somebody at Disney who's got some obsession with killing parents right because we, we were watching this thing and the dad dies spoiler alert dad dies first ten minutes he gets drowned he, you know, he gets taken away by a river and he's, and he's gone and I'm like sobbing like I'm crying yeah. my eyes out and I turn Kids are not bothered. Yeah. Because they see the death of parents everywhere in these films. I said, are you all right? And the kids are like, yeah, yeah, fine. It's like, you're not upset because the dad's dead. They're like, well, can start now, can't you? You know what I mean? Like, you go on an adventure now, can't you? So, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I love a bit of that. I love a bit yeah. of sea babies. And that. So what is the sexiest TV puppet in your opinion? You had to have sex with a TV puppet. I think Miss Piggy, I think. Yeah. Yeah, go Piggy. Yeah. Well, she's just sort of up for it, isn't she? Yeah. You know what I mean? And she's frustrated because <laughs> Kermit won't go near yeah. her. And so. you're nicer looking than a frog. And I, yeah, well, you'd hope so. <laughs> that might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> How about this one? If you were in a human centipede... Oh, yeah. Um... I've always wanted to ask Jason Manford this yeah, question. No, this is... I'm trying to turn his fans against him, so if there's ever another revolt, yeah. uh, they'll go for me. Um, but you can choose who's at either end of you. You're in the middle. Front which, back. Yeah, who would you have in front of you and who would you have behind you? Um, well, now you've asked, I think you can go in front. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Just, you know, I think you deserve it. Um, <laughs> behind, crikey. Um, somebody gentle. I would say. Maybe a... Uh, Reg D. Hunter looks a good lover. Okay. Yeah. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Uh, so go with that thing. Okay. Maybe John Bishop. I'm living with John Bishop at the moment oh, yeah. while I'm here. Yeah. And uh, he's, very, he's very caring, man. Is he it? makes yeah. you breakfast and a brew and all sorts of yeah. things. And he got, the only thing he's done negatively is he got here 
uh, before me. Yeah. And we're in like an Airbnb. And he's put, he just he went to, and you got in the biggest room. Yeah, of course. There was no like tossing a coin. He just got here first. His room's yeah. the biggest. And I was like, John, I'm in the small, I'm in like the kids' room. He went, it's not the kids' room. <laughs> I said, I said, it's, I said, the light fitting's a helicopter, John. Like it is, <laughs> it's very much a kids' room. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah, maybe John. Yeah. After our lovely week together, that's very nice. <laughs> very nice. Well, we're we're nearly at the end of the show. I mean, oh, I think we are lovely. at the end of the show. It's a shame, isn't it? It's been so. It's oh, gone sorry. so fast. Um, uh, there's still tickets. There's still tickets to see you for in, in Edinburgh. Edinburgh no, yeah. but on tour. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So come along. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Don't I'm, come I'm, along to him. There's still tickets to see me tonight at uh, <laughs> Pleasant. I'm sold out tomorrow. <laughs> Woo! Hello. Seven long days to go after that of diminishing audiences. Oh, I, go, I go, I'm flying on holiday Monday morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, off to Spain for a week. So. Oh, man. It's I'll a good idea not you. to do You've only been up this middle week. I just you? did the week, actually, but I, every time I come, I always think it's not, I'd love to do longer, and I keep forgetting. And then when I've come up and done longer, I think, the fuck am I doing the yeah. whole month for? The last so week's just, just you forget how tired, it's yeah. just tiring. It's just, in however. However much you kind of look after But you after get no yourself. sympathy. Like, no. No, like, I ring my brother's like, how's everything on? I'm like, a bit tired. He's like, oh, yeah, must be knackering all that talking. <laughs> For an hour. Yeah, he's a plumber. He's like, he's got his arm stuck up a shitty U-bend. Oh, yeah, what a nightmare. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in. You are, I Thank think, the, um, the justifiably the comedy champion of oh, the Radio well, Times hey, at the end website of the, readers. The main thing is Ricky Gervais didn't win. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Manford. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Nice one. See you next. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.